Just joining us, we did speak to Jonathan Wilkinson, the Minister of Energy and Natural Resources. We talked a little bit about wildfires and whether or not we need a national wildfire uh, force uh, to help and augment um, those provincial forces uh, that uh, deal with the frontline work every every summer and increasingly starting earlier and earlier. And we also talked quite a bit about carbon tax. And, well, I, and, I, and I, I think putting a, a price on carbon is still the right thing to do. But I do worry that every year carbon taxes go up. And when we're in the midst of affordability challenges, particularly with the high inflation that we've had, uh, that somewhere along the way, British Columbians are going to say that's enough, particularly here in, particularly here in Vancouver, uh, because it is a challenge and we're expecting uh, prices to go up again in the fall um, already. And so there have been reports out uh, in regards to that. But let's talk a little bit about our provincial plan as well. Recently, the Business Council of BC put out um, a report basically saying that government's own modelling shows that its clean BC plan will dampen economic growth and set BC's prosperity back at this more than a decade. Joining me now to talk a little bit about this report is Ken Peacock, Chief Economist and Senior Vice President at the Business Council of British Columbia. Ken, thank you for joining us. Uh, you're welcome, and thanks for having me on, Jeff. Yeah, lots to talk about, uh, talk about today on a, on a sunny Friday, but uh, <laughs> all these things have just caught my attention today. Uh, walk me through uh, how BCBC came to this uh, conclusion in regards to our own policies, our own clean BC po- policies uh, may potentially hold prosperity back for our province. Yeah, yeah, thanks, Jazz. It, it'll take me, it'll take me a minute here or so uh, to do so, but, but essentially we were, you know, we entered... Inter- engage and interact with the, the provincial government in policy development, and they've got a couple consultations uh, papers out mm-hmm. uh, as they look to move to what's called an output-based pricing system. But that's not really the, the the theme here. So what happened is that prompted us to go onto their website uh, and the Ministry of Environment's website and look a little more closely, read those reports more closely, and then in the Clean BC report, which charts out the province's path to reduce carbon emissions 40% below 2007 levels by 2030 is one target. Um, and buried in, in that report is some mention to their modeling results, which is contained in an Excel spreadsheet and posted on their website. So we jumped onto, into that and looked at their modeling results and, and just briefly what, what they do to try and model the impact of all these different uh, carbon pricing and regulatory uh, mechanisms that are going to put, put in place. They run the model out to 2030 and say, okay, this is the scenario where we don't have these additional uh, policies in place. And then they rerun the model uh, saying we put these policies in place. Did we achieve our GHG reduction targets? And along the way, what happened to the economy? And it turns out when you do those two scenarios uh, with the clean BC expanded policy framework in place, which includes carbon tax going up to $170 by 2030, that the economy in BC will be $28 billion smaller than it otherwise would be. That's a lot of activity. That's a lot of output. That means lower income and wages. We can get about uh, into that more in, in a moment. But that's the top line result, Jazz, is uh, the, the clean BC policies will suppress growth Instead of growing by 20% over the decade, BC's economy will only grow by 10%, and that shaves $28 billion 
of the total size of the economy. And what would you say to those in government that said, look, we are in the midst of climate challenges here. You see wildfires in British Columbia. We just see the, the, the carnage that we're seeing in Maui. You've seen it across uh, Europe, um, Australia, that we have to make structural changes on how we do things. And there may be short-term pain. In this case, you know, the economy being $28 billion smaller in 2033 um, than what it what it, sh- it should be and could be, that we have to make those structural changes. What do you say to that argument? That is part of the pain that we're going to have to go through short-term to really resize the economy and start moving in a much more cleaner, greener way towards a, towards a better future. Yeah, I, I mean, I think we're completely in alignment with that. Mm-hmm. Um and that does need to happen. I think there's a couple questions around pace, aggressiveness of, of targets, uh, the starting point in British Columbia. Uh, few people really recognize and embrace the reality that because BC's electric system is already 98% clean, it's mostly hydro, uh, there's very few what let's just call them low-hanging fruit opportunities to, you know, fuel switch and reduce carbon emissions in that way. So it's much more difficult uh, for BC to meet these these targets and the reductions in greenhouse gases. So I, I would note those few items uh, first off. But I think, Jazz, my bigger concern here mm-hmm. is that I don't think this is being conveyed uh, and I don't think the public is aware of this. The greenhouse gas targets and some of the initiatives that are going to be done to meet those targets are being well documented and conveyed in the public-facing documents that the government produces, but it really is not evident and apparent in that literature that there's very, very significant negative implications for the economy. Um, and I did, just just before I stop here, I just want to, mm-hmm. this is a bit on economists, Jazz. I just want to make it clear that economists like to talk about GDP, and it's, it's kind of, you know, $250, $260 billion of provincial economy uh gdp is, is the number it's it's just amorphous hard to wrap your head around uh, it's the final value uh, of all goods and services sold in bc that's one way to count gdp mm-hmm. but the other way that provides what i think a bit more insight is on the income side gdp is just income uh the sum total of all wages and salaries earned in the economy self-employment income uh some rent and then some profits from businesses and a little bit of taxes, that also equals GDP. So just to be clear, when we're saying that we're going to shave $28 billion off the provincial economy, that's $28 billion in income. Uh, and if you share it out, you know, that, that's going to be about $20 billion less in wages because wages and, and the self-employment income account for about two-thirds of GDP. Mm-hmm. So the, rea- the hard reality is the plan means fewer jobs, a lower income, and a lower level of prosperity in British Columbia. Uh, and, and that hasn't been conveyed, and I, I can understand why the government want, doesn't want to convey that. But at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's almost like, it's never mind the decrease, it's a province that's going to be stagnant at the end of the day. It's not that the, the aspiration may not be there. More importantly, the opportunities may not be there. It's not like society just stop. It is it's slow down. And you can't really point at one little thing, but it, this is something that's going to continue. And it, it does, at the end of the day, really take away from all the opportunities that, that would be there for, for the next generation in regards to jobs and opportunities and attracting business at the end of the day. Yeah, no, this, this, this is such a good point. Uh, first of all, I'm just speaking to 2030 
the, the implications, the dampening of economic growth, of course, continue past 2030. And as far as I can tell, and I, I really completely agree with your comment about opportunities, because as far as I can tell, it's not the older people. It's not. It's not me. Uh, you know, well advanced in our careers. It's the younger generation. And you are spot on. With growth comes churn, opportunities, expansion, and new uh, sectors. When you dampen growth down, now I'm just going to throw out a number here. Mm-hmm. You know, BC's economy over the last two decades has grown at an average of two and a half percent a year. And that does create new opportunities, new businesses, expansion, job growth, income growth, etc. Under this plan, the government's own modeling indicates that between 2025 and 2030, economic growth will slow to 0.4%. Slowest in the provincial history by by a long way. I actually didn't think it was possible uh, to get down to that level of growth. So that's very concerning. And when you start to parse that out, uh, and think about that while the population is growing, we are going to have a, 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 basically a stagnant pie or a very, very slow growing pie to divide up across a much larger population. So it just means fewer resources for government, lower incomes for people uh, right across the board. Yeah. Ken, uh, thank you so much. I enjoyed reading the report and we'll have you on again because it is a very important issue. Thank you so much. Have yourself a wonderful weekend. You're welcome. Thanks, Jeff.